Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to help. And fair warning, our help comes with some strong language attached. So if you've got some kids, put some headphones on them, hand them a little iPad, tuck them into another room, because we're about to say some things. As a reflex to the fucking madness on the news, we're keeping it positive, uplifting, but opinionated. We talk about cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Hi, everybody. Welcome. We're back again. Yay. Back, back, back again. Yay. And today we're coming to you from Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Me and Amy are in the same house. Yeah. She's right on the other side of that yeah, door. I'm yeah, waving at her right I'm now. Y'all can't right see here. that. Yeah. It's a podcast. We are but I'm waving at her right now. High-fiving. We're <laughs> high-fiving. Um, Santa Barbara, a seaside coastal community filled with many old people, lots of wine, greenery, and um, good food. Yeah, and you can Light see- on seasoning. Oh, light on seasoning. You're right. Um, <laughs> Why did I just drag Santa Barbara? I know, Sorry. Like we, it's beautiful here. We are, we're it happy really to be beautiful. here. Um, <laughs> and our house is, is very adorable. And, um, you know, you can see the mountains as you're driving. You see, like, little little vineyards. It's very, very adorable. Very cute. Yeah, it's, like, idyllic. It was really nice at twilight when we were driving to dinner and seeing, like, the whole city kind of city, town, big town, kind of light up before our eyes. I was like, ooh, this is pretty. I get why people come here. Yeah, yeah. And it was like very um, pretty to just, you know, even in the morning, just to like look out at the mountains and the palm trees. And um, and our backyard is really nice. We have like citrus trees in the backyard. It's just like very tranquil vacation like I don't I don't know if I would call this a vacation it was just like we Not just really. had to get out of town <laughs> workcation workcation uh, yeah for anyone wondering they're like why are they like in Santa Barbara together I'm like what is this romantic getaway <laughs> well first of all I love Grace so it is a romantic getaway <laughs> but part two we just need to get out of town and wanted to um, get some work done in another environment like you know after our little chat with another guest of ours, we realized that, you know, we need to find more moments of spontaneity and get out of the house, do things that are a little different. So here we are. Yes, thanks, Alok. And yeah, it's just nice to sometimes get away from a common space. And um, I moved to the Los Angeles area um, kind of right before the pandemic. So there's so much of California that I have yet to explore. So this is my first time in Santa Barbara. So I was just like, oh, yeah, it'd be nice to see some shit I've never seen. And so I'm excited that I'm seeing. I was like, oh, I got to come back here. This is cute. Yeah, she cute. Yeah, it is very cute. So, Amy, well, we wouldn't need an antidote if we didn't have something to get an antidote from. Yeah, that's right. Starting now up top with our bummer news of the week. Uh, okay, guys, first thing up is that, did you know U.S. inflation has reached a new 40-year high oh, in June? No. 
It's at a high of 9.1%. I am amazed. Um, This is a bummer because as prices go up, there's a higher risk of a recession. The Consumer Price Index, or CPI, stood at 9.1% in June, a significant increase from 8.6% in May. Oh my God, I just sounded like a math major. I'm just going to say that right now. Oh my God. Who's the CNN reporter? (laughs) Thank you. You're the CNBC diva. Okay. Call me Connie Chung. Um, Anyway, that's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, not to me. Um, Just reading stats from others. That is the largest 12-month increase since December 1981. Mm -hmm. And apparently the typical American household now needs to spend $493 more per month to buy the same goods and services they did at this time last year. That information is coming from Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics. Um, Mark, call me. I too am an economist. If you just heard me repeat your sentence. (laughs) It's clear we speak Um, the same language. You, we've found a new career for our friend Amy. I mean, should I give up writing? Yeah. <laughs> should I econ? Should I econ? <laughs> well, Beyonce said, uh, release your job. So, uh, <laughs> say less, Queen. Say less. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that is not cool. But Sadia Zahidi, managing director at the World Economic Forum, said that women have been disproportionately affected by the cost of living crisis following labor market losses during the pandemic and insufficient care infrastructure, such as for the elderly or children. So not only is everyone struggling, women in particular are struggling, and it's just sort of typical. We always struggle more because we just don't have enough support in this country. So um, I know a lot of my friends uh, who have small children in particular had to leave their jobs during the pandemic or the height of the pandemic, I should say, while everything was shut down because they couldn't send their kids to school. So that's there. And then you know, so they left their jobs, so they already don't have enough money. And then now, you know, prices are rising and, you know, they can't find childcare. It's it's awful that, you know, things that affect the United States of America tend to disproportionately make things harder for women in general. Yeah, for women and people of color. Um, but Grace and I recently watched a New York nuclear attack PSA that has gone out to residents. Um, it's 90 seconds long, advising them how to prepare for a nuclear attack. Um, and look, preparation for emergency is great, but I'm going to say this video is a bummer because it's bad. It's a bad video. It's a bad video. And then also, like, why are you, like, stroking fears? I was like, we're already going through enough. Is 22 not enough for you guys? Like, there's a war (laughs) in Ukraine. There's fucking inflation through um, our ass, like we just heard. And, like, there's so many things going on that we're worried about, about our politics. So we need this on top of everything else. Like... For why? Whose decision was this? Yeah, it's literally crazy, especially because they say a nuclear attack has happened in New York. Don't ask me how or why. And I'm like, oh, cool. So we're starting from a place of no information. And then they give three pieces of advice. They say, get inside. There is no inside. It's a nuclear attack. It's coming for you. Part two is stay inside. Yeah, I'm dead. So I'm staying where I lay. And then part three is stay tuned to media. You know what's not going to work after a nuclear attack? The phones. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of like, yeah, you're just kind of fucked. I mean, it sort of feels like, you know, I think back in the day during the Cold War, they used to have children get under desks and stuff like that. Uh, and it's sort of like, uh, yeah, like New York's a fucking island. If a nuclear bomb drops on New York, it's a fucking wrap. It's a wrap. Like, there's nothing that you're going to really be able to do at that point. So alarming people when there's just so much going on already just seems needless unless there's some threat. And if there's a threat, you need to tell us or whatever so we could go if we don't want to be there. You know, just don't like be like, just in case, you know, and then guess what? If there's a bomb that's dropped, you're not going to remember all that shit. <laughs> you're just not. You're just not going to remember. Like, you'll be so distressed of, like, figuring out what the fuck happened or where are you or trying to get away. Like, and literally the advice is nothing specific. It's just, like, go inside. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's crazy. I can't believe that the whole mayor, the whole mayor, who's Eric Adams? I got to talk to him because he literally said, oh, it's a very low probability of attack in New York, but we're just taking necessary steps after what happened in Ukraine. And now I'm scared. So, yeah, now you bring it up Ukraine because, you know, Ukraine, they're going through it, you know, like yeah. death and destruction raining from the skies. So, like, why you comparing New York to Ukraine. Like, what do y'all know that we don't know? Like, Yeah, tell us. Tell us. Or just, like, keep these videos to yourself. And he says it's part of a, a large number of emergency preparedness announcements that they're in the works doing, and this was, like, the first one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, why the first one, though? That should be the last one. You're like, oh, it should be in order of likelihood. Yes. Fire, hurricane, flood. Yeah, those things are... M- more likely to happen. I was in New York during Hurricane Sandy. So you should do that one first. Do that one. Because that one could actually happen unless you know something we don't know. But then... (laughs) Once again. (laughs) Once again, or whatever, you're going to be all right because you're going to be in the bunker under the city mayor. But uh, the rest of us, (laughs) you're just going to be out here. Just like, oh, go inside and uh, if you got some nukes on you, (laughs) if you got some nuclear dust on you, just wash it off. Wash it off. Don't use hair conditioner. Don't use conditioner. Um, it'll make it stick. Uh, that's all I know. That's what I know about. Yeah, well. Radioactive ash. We don't so. need this, uh, Mr. Mayor. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> um, now I got that to worry about. Ugh. Ooh, how do you feel, Grace? <sighs> like a nuclear bomb exploded inside of me. And I can't get inside. Um, No, I don't feel very nice. I don't feel great. How about you? Very much that. Very much the same. Yeah, it's giving sadness. (laughs) All right. Well, um, let's give ourselves the antidote. So this is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and the things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. What was your antidote this week, Grace? Um, well, as the listeners know, and as um, you know, I went on a vacation. I went to Lisbon, Amsterdam, and um, Antwerp for a few hours. Mm. And probably one of my favorite things that I did in Portugal, um, my friend booked us a little boat 
chore thing, which was in the evening, just as the sun was setting. And Mm. it was three of us in our party, like my friend, my friend's friend. And, you know, some other people were on the boat. It was like 10 people on the boat and they gave us snacks and wine and the sun was going down. And then they let me be in charge of the music. And DJ Grace, I, of course, played um, my new favorite song, Break My Soul by Beyonce. And I was just living my best life on that boat. So dancing on that boat was my antidote. It was so pretty. I was like away. I was with a friend that I don't get to see very often. And I met a new friend and the guy who was driving the boat was so nice and kept bringing us wine. And um, it was just like a moment of, you know, my life a lot of the time I wasn't able to travel because, you know, it took me a while to get my career started. And so it was just the moment like on that boat being like, wow, look what I get to do now. Like, look at what all my hard work allows me to do right now. And it was just fun. And the weather was perfect. And um, (laughs) I have so much footage of me twerking to Beyonce on that boat. And then we played Rihanna. We played (laughs) so many fun songs. And Portugal got a little bit of ratchet music uh, (laughs) that they might not be accustomed to over there. But we had, we just lived our best life, got our whole life on that boat. And it just, gave me a moment to reflect on how far I've come up until this moment. Um, Yeah, so that really, I was away from America, which helped (laughs) to not think about all the (laughs) ills that are going on in America. And I just felt free and black and on the boat and living and dancing. on the boat. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... (laughs) I felt free. I felt black. I felt on on the the boat. boat. Like I was getting the spray (laughs) from the river, like on my face. And I was just holding on to the sails and twerking it down to the bottom. It was so much fun. And I'm glad I didn't fall in the water because that would have been bad. But I didn't fall in the water because my friend made sure I didn't. Because I was right there on the edge twerking on that boat. Um, so that was definitely my antidote this week. Um, it just made me so happy. And even right now, just like reliving it and imagining it just brings a smile to my face. So what was your antidote this week, Amy? Well, I actually think I'm going to change mind. I was originally going to say, and it was an antidote for me, was producing the first short film for my Mm -hmm. writer's program. I have a writer's program called Tribe, mentoring a large number of independent and intermediate level writers. And we ended up shooting our first short from one of the writers this last weekend. And my executive, Anch, and I produced it. And it was really wonderful because like, getting to light up in that way or to give someone the feeling of that. I made Mm -hmm. my art that feeling that makes me so happy. The only other thing that makes me that happy is giving other people Mm -hmm. that feeling. And um, so it was really wonderful to have those moments. But I realized that was technically work. Mm -hmm. Like it was work-related. So that was going to be my antidote and it is kind of. But then I realized I had another antidote. I had a double dose of uh, seeing my friends shine Mm -hmm. this week. Last Wednesday was the premiere for the new show, Rap Shit, 
that's coming out on HBO Max. It premieres uh, on Thursday, Ooh. tomorrow night. And it is like literally, it's such a dope ass show. It's created by Issa Rae, showrunner Sarita Singleton, love, starring Aida Osman, Chameleon, Jonica Booth, Derek Augustine. It's such a fire cast. It's so great. And I directed episode six. So <laughs> they let me come to the premiere. I was like, I get to go. Um, and I was so happy to be there. And then I came home from that premiere and I watched my other friend's show, Phoebe Robinson, on Freeform. Her new show, Everything's Trash, mm. premiered. And I got to watch that in a drunken haze <laughs> after going to a premiere party. And I'm just at home drinking water like a good bitch because I was like, I'm not trying to wake up hungover. So I'm drinking water and watching my other friend's show. And I was just like, this is a night of Black lady excellence. Mm -hmm. I just like was overwhelmed with this feeling of pride mm -hmm. and joy watching my friend shine. And Phoebe's show is so funny and so just like comedically just being fun. It's just a really fun show. And I love that it explores the sibling relationship because I have a really close relationship with my older brother and getting to watch that on screen. I've, I've never really seen that like Black siblings portrayed with that much like mm -hmm. comic value and love. So that was really great too. And I realized like that was the real antidote because I could have come home and just gone to bed. Um, I was already feeling good. I wasn't like looking mm -hmm. for more reasons to feel great, but I told myself I really wanted to watch it on the night it premiered, you know, get them mm -hmm. streams. And that was my antidote because I woke up like rethinking of jokes from the show and stuff and being like, oh my God, this is so fun. So that felt really good. And I just, I feel... There are times in life where it feels like you are more focused on what work you are doing and how you are performing and if you are getting ahead. And I do have those moments, but every now and then my brain like lets me release that and just have like the joy of sitting in other people's mm -hmm. success. And that feels really good. Like realizing that like people who look like me are doing great mm -hmm. things. Um, and that's an antidote for me. And that's what this last week was from the short film to the premiere of Rap Shit to the premiere of Everything's Trash. It just felt like, wow, just like being We're able to support it. amazing people. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, um, I can't wait to see Rap Shit. Um, our friend Sarita is the showrunner. And of course, well done, um, well done, just a gorgeous angel. So talented. I used to share an office with her at Insecure. And so I'm so proud of her. Um, and of course, Issa, we stand from the beginning. Um, so yes, definitely supporting your friends and, and feeling pride in people that you know, or even people that you don't know that look like you, that, that are having these uh, dazzling successes is, it does make you feel good. It just be like, oh, we're marching in the right direction. Like things are mm -hmm. bad uh, at times, but um, there's these glimmers of hope and these glimmers of light, um, both in the world and in our industry that, um, that is so important to remember. Yeah. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to The Antidote. We have a special guest today. Who is it, Grace? Our guest today is an accomplished comedian and actress hailing from Texas who has been making you laugh on shows such as A Black Lady Sketch Show, iCarly, and the upcoming Lopez vs. Lopez on NBC. You can also catch her as a contributor to the ABC series The Con. This queen stands a scammer, so it's only fitting that she hosts the very funny Webby Award-winning podcast Scam Guy. Goddess, please welcome the scamming goddess herself, Lacey Mosley. 
Hello. Welcome. <laughs> I'm just trying to match the energy of y'all's beautiful voices. I'm like, hello. Oh, thank you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Lovely to be here. Because the girls know I be screeching. <laughs> You know, that's why you're here, to give the give our listeners a little something different, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, Lacey is very impressive. We all know that. But we aren't here to talk about your many, 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 many accomplishments, okay? We're here to get deep. So, let's check in first. How are you feeling today? Like, for real, not small talk. Is there anything weighing on you? Anything making you feel good? I mean, today, y'all caught me on a good day. Uh, today Ooh, was yeah. a good day. Do na How much copyright? Uh, <laughs> I'll stop before y'all get sued. Tank our budget, girl. <laughs> we ain't got no budget. Oh, is right? that Ice Cube? Is that Ice Cube knocking at my door? Okay, you said I got to oh, be no. quiet. <laughs> Um, I, so I had therapy this morning, which I love seeing my therapist. Um, she's a black woman with amazing hair and, um, like, it's just, it's amazing. Like, it's so beautiful. Like what, give us a, give us a visual. Like what's the hair like? So she has, I think she like maybe was premature gray, but she just let it all go gray and it's (gasps) really long and healthy and natural. And she just looks like an apothecary witch and 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 yes. it's in the in like the most beautiful complimentary way of that like she's just such a baddie i love her um yes. but so i had therapy with her but i was coming off of a 24 hour long date <laughs> Whoa. What? Oh, so it went from day uh, to day again. <laughs> day to night to oh day. Oh, my goodness. That must have been a good day. I have never been able to stand a man for 24 Whoa. hours. So please Whoa. tell us about this. Where'd you go? What'd you do? I mean, I know some of the things you did, but what other things did you do? <laughs> yeah, we could guess if it's 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? Okay, we didn't do that, though. Oh, okay. It was 24 hours and he ain't getting no, no bust okay. down. Okay. I love that conversation. I love that. Conversation and make out and a little booty rubbing, but just of course, of course, got booty rubs, right? Very wholesome. (laughs) Well, it started like with a brunch date on uh, another day, the day before, Mm -hmm. and then. He, he had to run someplace and, and it, we just didn't feel like it was long enough. Like we had such a great time. And so Aww. I was like, oh, well, I said the word friend and you know, like I'm bi. So like with straight men, like if you say friend, they're just like deflate. They're like, what? Yes. Like <laughs> it, it wasn't even so in I'm the context of, right. So you hate me. So you yeah. hate me. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna get my things. I'm gonna get my briefcase. That's what straight men have. Right. And then I was like, okay, let me send him a little textual message and be like, I had so much fun. Like, I want to see um, you. Like, he lives in New York. So I was like, I want to see you again before you leave. And then he cut to yesterday. He texted me and was like, I canceled my flight. What are you doing today? And I was like, <gasps> hanging out with you? Right? Oh, my God. How romantical. It was very romantical. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. He didn't care about no change fees, girl. Babe, he likes you. <laughs> sounds rich to me. <laughs> <laughs> Because those change fees are back. The pandemic is over. The change fees are back. They are, right? The change fees pulling up. And also they'll be like, yeah, your flight was first class, but now you in a middle seat in coach. Do you want to go home or not? (laughs) How serious are you about grandma? Right. Because your neck going to hurt. Your neck going to hurt. You can't be picking a a flight a few days before. Because, yeah, he's going to end up in a middle seat. All right. That must have been a really great day. Right. It, It was. 
It was like brunch and then another spot and then another spot and then a diner and then a karaoke bar and then Aww. the London. It was it was very that's fantastic i'm like well i mean how do we top that weekend i will say (laughs) let's just keep the good vibes going i feel like we need that right now so thank you for making me wish for more out of my life (laughs) (laughs) what's that viral tweet guys show me how good it can get show me how good it can get (laughs) or or uh sierra's prayer or uh or uh god i saw what you've done for others (laughs) right and i want you to do that for me to do for the least of these (laughs) what you would do y'all about to make me buy some miracle spring water I'm like let's just keep going well I love to hear that cause you know my therapist says that I need to start collecting good stories about men so I'm I'm gonna put this one right in my pocket there you go so you know we just wanted to ask you uh, what would you say is your antidote which means like what is something non-work related that is bringing you joy this week this month this year other than your fabulous date. Man, mm-hmm. y'all are catching me on the best week to do this podcast. It's like, I'm obsessed. Amy I Grace, it. I feel like y'all are clairvoyant because I would have told you two weeks ago, like, I don't fucking know. Um, because all, <laughs> can I curse on here? Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. fucking can. We fucking do. <laughs> I won't lie. Um, I had a epiphany on mushrooms like two weeks ago okay, that nice. I had been living in a fog, like a fugue state Mm. for like three years of just Mm. fear and just like a lot of trauma and just like not even being myself, constantly being on, thinking I had to make people laugh or they wouldn't like me or trying to protect Mm. myself. And I came out of it. Like I was on this trip and I was kicking my own ass and I was like, why are you operating like this? This is not who you are. I don't recognize you. And I really put my feet back on the ground and was like, okay, you cannot just keep working to cover up the fact that you need to heal and that you need to have a life. Like you can't just allow work to, you can't say yes to everything and allow work to be your life. And so I was like sitting down and was like, what really makes me happy? And this also came from a conversation that I had with a woman at a park for someone's birthday. She was -hmm. like, what's the last thing, like not work related that like really made you happy or excited. And I couldn't think of anything. She she told me she made gazpacho, gazpacho. And, and she, it was delicious. And all her, she gave it to all her friends and they ate it and they loved it. And she was like, that was the last moment that I was so excited about something and, and happy with like a piece of life that had nothing to do with me being a product. Yeah. Yeah. So I, made I rented out a pool um mm-hmm. and one of my very good friends who's also a comedian she used to be a swim coach because you know all of us comedians most of us have had other jobs that are like what why was you yeah bartending foot fetish parties you know like what, you gotta get these bills paid the foot yeah, people were very nice I was a dominatrix real quick you know right. <laughs> just on the side in between you shows know, 12 hours a week, I'll be beating on rich white men, you know. And then I went to the nightclub, did my comedy set. Right, literally right after. That was just a joke, mom and dad. It was not a dominant. <laughs> Listen, but shout out to the Dobbs out there. Yeah, but shout exactly. out to the Dobbs. Thanks for his work. Exactly. Keeping our bosses Get stable. Thank <laughs> right. you. Please keep beating the CEOs. Yes, please, please, please. 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 They we need, need this. They need it. It's a community. <laughs> but, so um, she was a swim instructor. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I swim laps in a lap pool, like at the gym, like Olivia Pope. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just this. thinking about yeah. how I'm fucking the president and just swimming. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. 
but I can touch the ground. So there's a sense of control there. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm in water where I can't touch the ground, if I'm in the ocean, like I am very, very nervous. I don't do it. Uh, The only time I actually did it was like I was on a job and accidentally we all got thrown into the Pacific. Um, But it wasn't something I would have done. What? Wait, what? Wait, what kind of job? (laughs) <laughs> You're like, yeah, I need to I avoid that kind of job. for a minute uh, <laughs> before I started because... at the Laugh Factory. <laughs> I was working on a show called Florida Girls. And for the most oh, part, yes. oh, yeah, yeah. we were always yes. in swimsuits. Shout out to Laura Chen, my personal guru. I love her. Oh, we were always in her. swimsuits. And I remember that day, everybody kept asking me on set, because um, we were shooting the pilot presentation, so the budget was not giving budget. You know, it's a presentation no. mm-hmm. before the show got picked up. Everybody kept walking around the set and being like, are you a strong swimmer? Like so many people <laughs> in the crew and cast and producers kept coming up to me. That's and suspicious I'm like, as fuck. I'm like, look, I know how, you know, sometimes racism be racism, but I ain't gonna lie. Like a lot of black people is afraid of the water. Are you not wrong to ask? Me, mm-hmm. me. <laughs> if they asked me, me I would have said, nope. <laughs> no. I'm a scammer. This is my first big job. I'm 25. I'm trying to get the bag. So I was yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. The strongest. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like the rock, but for swimming. <laughs> I get in the water and I just fuck it up. <laughs> oh, oh, um, I, I, I think I forgot to tell y'all I was on a, a swimming team with Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The water, the water scared of me. The water scared of me. When I come, that's when the tide roll back. Because they be like, oh, not this bitch again. Not this one. <laughs> I be swimming it up. <laughs> <laughs> and so sure enough, we get on a jet ski that's like, jet skis are like for two people, Max. Mm-hmm. We're four people on the jet ski. It's a part no. of the plot. We steal oh, okay. the jet okay. ski. Okay, I was like, wait. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay, it's part of the so plot. So we're supposed to be ratchet. We're still in this jet ski. There's, we're the four best friends on the jet ski. So they had a stunt driver, which in when we actually shot the show, uh, Patty Guggenheim, who's on the show, amazing, one of my great friends, um, she did she took a little lesson and she drove the jet ski better than the stunt driver and none of us wow. got thrown in the ocean. But the stunt driver started feeling herself and uh-uh. I knew it because we was out there, we were shooting this, you know, it's like having fun, stealing this jet ski and someone's like, get off my jet ski, you horse. And like, we're mm-hmm. like riding around. And she takes a hard left turn and I'm like, now Miss what? Girl. Miss Girl. Miss <laughs> Nunt. There are four grown-ass bitches on this jet ski. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? She hits this hard left turn. We all fly into the ocean. And I just remember, if you panic, you'll drown. If you panic, you'll drown. Mm -hmm. So I went in and I relaxed. Mm -hmm. Laura Laura Chen is like 90 pounds soaking wet. She grabs the back of my swimsuit. She's like, I got you. You're not going to drown. I said, not this little ass woman over there trying to support me. I got you. And then you just pull her in. She's like, ah. Right. We both go down. It was about to be real Titanic. I was about to find that necklace with the diamond in it. Like, we was oh going to be at the God. bottom. So, but they, they had lifeguards on jet skis. So, they kind of zoomed in and helped us. But mm. I've always, like... You know, I love Beyonce as as one does. Yeah, in the hive over her. here. Yeah, <laughs> and I saw her like jump off a yacht into like the clearest blue water, and I was like, mm. I want to be able to do that in Mykonos and not be afraid. Like, I don't want to be afraid of the water anymore. So, mm. my friend Kimia took me, um, or I took her to this pool because she's always told me she'll give me a swimming lesson whenever. But I would always mm. just be work, work, working, and like not yeah. really taking it seriously. And I was like, you know what? No, we're gonna do this. So like a Tuesday afternoon, um, we go to some white man named Jeff who has money inexplicably. We don't know how he has money. Jeff. So go there and like I she 
gets me comfortable with the water. And then by the end of the session, I'm jumping in the pool in the middle of the deep end and not touching the bottom and swimming up and floating on my back and looking at the sky. And she said something when we were trying to, like, she was trying to help. I still can't tread water that well. I'm I'm dense, but also like it's, I just start kicking like I'm on a Peloton and I get tired and I'm like, (laughs) I'm gonna die. But (laughs) not to be dramatic, but I'm gonna die. Yeah, Um, Yeah. pool deep When I was floating and, like, trying to float on my own, she was like, you have to trust that the water will carry you. You're not stronger than the water. Mm. She was like, you are, when you enter the water, you're in the water space. And so the le- the less you trust it, the less it's going to work. And she was like, you can't fight this. You you have no control. And the more you fight, the harder it will be. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's, my God. <laughs> that's deep. Deep that is deep because ocean. literally, I mean, deep. we're revealing something about ourselves today, but um, Amy and I cannot swim. And so we ha- we Not had a friend in Mexico trying to teach us how to float. So <laughs> maybe we won't die if we get thrown into the fucking It was bad. Pacific. It didn't work. But it didn't work. But it was because we didn't trust the water, Amy. That's why I didn't trust the water. We didn't trust it. Because as black women, why would we trust the water? It's not real shady, bitch. Exactly. Why would we trust everything? Exactly. And the water took us from Africa, where we was at, mm-hmm. to exactly. America, where we didn't we know, know what you did, did. Water. <laughs> and the waves are frothy and what? White. I don't trust them. <laughs> I don't trust them. <laughs> Just saying. They try to pull so... me under. They call it something called current. <laughs> Man, that is so deep, Lacey. That like not only applies to swimming, it literally applies to life. To life. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I took from it. I was just staring at the sky and the water, like being, and you know, when you're in the water, I love to have my phone on me and like be talking to people and also mid email and you can't have it because your hands are wet. So I didn't have my phone for three hours and was just present and forgot how good that feels. So that was, that is a really good antidote. Being present and trusting in the water. water. It felt so much of what you said was just like, I felt like it was, and I I hope that everyone feels this way when they hear it. It felt like it was for me. Like, Amy, look at your life. Like, quit, (laughs) like, calm down from work, get in the water and just like let yourself float every now and then. Because we need that. And I'm always like, my phone is right next to me right now. I'm like always on my phone, even when I'm really happy to be who I'm with. I'm still like distracted. And I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to get my hands wet. If not my whole body, just my hands so I can't hold my right. phone. We can get an ankle. We can get an ankle a little moist. You know, we can do that. Uh, okay. I have to know, Lacey, because I've been wondering this for a while because your podcast is called Scammed Goddess. Have you done your ancestry and are you part Nigerian? Because I'm trying to understand your interest in scams because it feels familial to me. Listen, Omo Niger. Okay. okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know how to work a fufu stick, but I'm going to learn. I don't know where I'm from. My mom recently started doing Ancestry. And I was like, bro, like this is a scam. You know how many of our relatives got priors? We can't give the government our DNA. We really shouldn't be. These niggas really hanging off the be. last strike. Like, come on out. Found them. Found them on Ancestry. Got them. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. So I understand not doing your Ancestry for that reason. But your mom, your mom's yeah. into it, though? 
She is. We don't know where we're from, but every African that I meet who's like from a, co- a country in Africa has always told me I look like I'm from Cameroon. Every single one. From uh, Ghana, Senegal, yeah. like everywhere. Yeah. All I know is I did my ancestry and I was very dissatisfied because I- I'm not like clearly from it just one said country. Thomas Jefferson? It was a picture of Harriet Tubman, like, just like, but like, sadly, my largest percentage was like 20 something percent. And I was just like, oh, so I'm like a mutt from Africa. Like, I don't have like a, a clear country. I think the biggest one was, was Benin, Togo. Well, it is interesting even knowing that, that quest to find where you're from, even though it's something that I feel like everybody is doing in their own way, whether they're on Ancestry or not. I feel like there's it's really important to find a sense of belonging, especially when the world is so fucking bleak right now. You you just want a sense of belonging. That's what we're looking for. We all need that. I mean, we're lucky as Black people that we made our own community and our own culture, you know, that kind of gave us that sense of belonging when we couldn't find it. Yeah. You know, we all, we all have similar, like, if you hear melodies from heaven uh, on a Saturday morning, yeah. you know mm-hmm. you're about to be cleaning. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, it's time. You know, you know what's next rain down on me you rain down on me. Yes. you all know and suddenly you're like how'd this broom get in my hand <laughs> the broom appears you're in bed still and somehow a broom and a dustpan have appeared in your hands and everybody knows <laughs> and everybody knows am i singing the high part am i singing am i alto today am i soprano today am i tenor today <laughs> that was yep. beautiful actually Lacey. when is the album <laughs> give us the album that was beautiful and i'm always just singing the like melodies from heaven yep i'll take the time take me in your arms and hold me close oh hold on y'all that's a fred (laughs) no that's kirk that's kirk kirk at the door ma'am that is a cease and desist (laughs) from mr franklin himself he says cease and desist in his name wait last question for you before we let you go Tell us about why you decided to take up roller skating during the pandemic. How did it keep you sane? Oh, man. Uh, shout out to Nicole Byer. Um, she oh, started yes. as queen. Yeah. We all um, did UCB together. So many of my friends come from that. My favorite cult. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, we all were like, let's go roller skating in Pan Pacific Park. And, you know, we had been going to Pan Pacific Park for Are the- you part of her skate gang? Mm-hmm. Was- oh, my God. I've never, I knew that Sashir was in it, but I didn't know that you were in it too. That's so cool. Yeah. So we would all go and, and roller skate. And it was fun because like we were going like usually around dusk. So like the kids mm. would be leaving because <laughs> none of us are like really banging with the kids. Like, uh-huh. like I know it's a park and it's actually probably for the kids. We're like, get these fucking kids <laughs> out of here. Get them out of here. Fuck the kids. <laughs> this is my park now. <laughs> it's after 5 p.m. Give it to me. <laughs> and so some skaters are really excited experienced and like really really good like Kim New Money who's also a photographer and is amazing like one of the most like energetically wise like I when she comes into a room you just feel good like mm-hmm. she's such an aura about her but um she is a really good skater and would like try to teach us how to skate backwards or whatever you know I'm very wow. basic you know I went and got some flashy roller skates that could light up they were not Ooh. like so they weren't professional but boy did they look cute in the Instagram story yes. <laughs> but like it was 
was something to do that got our minds off of work because, you know, we're all at this point working in the pandemic and like, mm-hmm. you know, it all stressed, you know. So it's like it was fun and it was like distracting and like someone would bring a boombox and make these mixes of just like all the soul music, all the fun music, 70s. Like, you know, we listened to the shy lights and shit and skating. It was like a white boy who made these. and uh, <laughs> But he was hitting. He had a hit. And I remember one time. Because everybody's out in the park working out. I used mm-hmm. to work out with my trainer in the park. Because like, you're outside and you don't, you're not as worried about COVID. And um, I remember there was this session that looked like everybody was like a new mom or something. They just had mom energy. Mm-hmm. And there was one black man who was running this like group. And they would be on the same kind of skating area that we were until they finished the workout. So we would have to skate mm-hmm. around them. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, like he was working. He must have been working these mommies too hard. Because <laughs> I think somebody like threw a ball or something and it ran... It flew away, probably a kid, and he went to get the ball for the kid. And like they're doing these crunches, they're doing these exercises. And as soon as this black man, this drill sergeant, as soon as he stepped away, all these women looked and saw that he couldn't see them, and they all stopped working out. <laughs> Where's Tyrell? Where's Tyrell? Okay, like, um, let me do some watch real quick. It was oh giving God. Smokey and Friday, like <laughs> when he leave, I be talking again. Like it was giving, like they were like, "Where he go?" And then when he came back, they were like, "And, and uh, fifty nine." Uh, uh, that is so funny. <laughs> it was very funny, but that was so great because it was like doing something that has nothing to do with productivity. Not yeah. anything, you know. I'm not monetizing yeah. this. It's just fun and getting to look and observe and watch other people. You know, it was it, it was a really really fun time. Ugh. Amazing. I'm obsessed with that. That sounds enjoyable. I want to pick up skating. I need to pick up swimming. All of these instructors oh, yes. in your life, you Lacey. I'm going to need Lacey. the numbers. I got you. I got I the lock on person. instructors. Please. <laughs> I need to become a child, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, we have to cultivate more play. One yeah, of our uh, really quotes should. was from Brene Brown, and she's all about like cultivating play, and that's what this sounds like. So I'm yeah. glad you've been able to do that. I'm reaching back and, and finding that child and, and just doing dumb shit and touching grass physically. Because, like, yeah. why did we ever stop that? It's like we were told that, okay, leave childish things. But it's like, no, like, being a child is, like, one of the most fun parts of your life. Like, if if you're lucky. I know everyone isn't, lucky. you know, as fortunate to have a good childhood. But, like, being an unemployed scammer, just high on life, touching things, breaking things, asking questions. And, like, yeah. it's fun That's to go great. back to that. Yeah, it's because. Somebody gave us a briefcase at some point. <laughs> <laughs> That's what went wrong. That's what went Who wrong. Somebody back gave to? us a tidy briefcase and said, you have to work all the time. <laughs> Who gave me this briefcase? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Lacey, we feel so much better now that we've talked to you. Uh, I do great. too. Uh, shit still sucks, but it sucks a little less because we talked to you today. Yes. Same for yeah. me. This has been amazing. Y'all are fantastic. Oh, oh I'm such you. good vibes. This is great. Do you have anything coming up you want to tell us about? Anything you'd like to plug? It can even be something you just love, not even something you're working on. Yeah, okay. Um, I'll say that all of season two of, of iCarly is streaming now on Paramount+. Plus. Um, I have a movie coming out called The Outlaws on Netflix. Don't know when that's dropping, but, you know, Adam Sandler properties are very fun. Watch it. It's a very fun movie. Yeah, um, and... Uh, Scam Goddess, my podcast. If you like robbery, fraud, comedy, come on off a girl. And also mm. snitch on your friends and family. Email us. <laughs> but, um, and then something I have nothing to do with that if you are a workaholic, um, and especially if you're a black woman, uh, 
Diane Carroll has a book that's available on Amazon. It's called The Legs Are the Last to Go. And I read it for Chelsea Devon says this podcast. I'm a plucker to Celebrity Book Club. But I love Chelsea. going on that next month. Yes. I love Chelsea. She's the only bad bitch who could get me to read a book for a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Truly the only. Truly the only. (laughs) Yes. And if you are a workaholic, especially if you're a black woman who's a workaholic, because a lot of us are, it was such a great read because this woman... I was cackling because when I tell you, like, she had all the racisms happen to her, but the way she glosses over it, like, I'm trying to get to the bag. But the biggest takeaway that I took from it, if you guys, if you don't read the book, but you should, um, is she worked so hard her Mm -hmm. entire life. And then at the end, what she really had left was her family. And she said how much she kind of regretted not spending time with them, not investing Mm -hmm. in the relationships in her life, not living. And she was so grateful to have that time as an older person to really connect. That's incredible. And oh, uh, where can people find you on the Internet? Oh, if you want to follow my mess and swimming and whatever else, uh, D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, Diva Lacey on all platforms. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lacey. Thank you you so much. This is such a pleasure. Oh, it was a blast. Oh, this is so fun. Great way to end my work day. (laughs) Bye. To close us out, we're going to do our creative tap-in, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? Yes, I am. Okay, here I go. As is the case with most people in this game... I am driven by financial motives and creative motives. The question I had to answer is, which motive I will give priority to? That's by Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. I will read it again. As is the case with most people in this game, I am driven by financial motives and creative motives. The question I had to answer is, which motive I will give priority to? Nipsey Hussle. First of all, big Nipsey fan. Um, yes. Rest in peace. And obviously, rest in, power. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, I really like this quote, and I love that he doesn't answer it. Mm-hmm. Like he says, which will I give my priority to? I mm-hmm. love that he doesn't answer it, that it's always up to you. And obviously, when he says most people in this game, my instinct was to say, oh, he's thinking, he's talking about music, like the music industry. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, he's also, he owns a store and he was an entrepreneur and he started a clothing line. And I was like, oh, the game of life. I like realized mm-hmm. like maybe when he says most people in this game, he just means living. You have to, mm-hmm. you're driven by financial motives and creative mo- motives. And I think that what's interesting is when you're a creative, very often they feel so linked your financial mm-hmm. and your creative kind of go hand in hand when you make your hobby your job, <laughs> like mm-hmm. Grace and I have as writers, as he did with music. Um, and sometimes it feels like you can't, like they're so linked that it's like, how do you decide? And yeah. I've always found my best creative decisions come when I'm like, if money were not an issue, what would you do? Yeah. If you didn't have to think about the right thing financially, what would you do? And mm-hmm. when I make those decisions, I am usually right. Mm. Um, so that's, I love that he's saying that there's the question and he doesn't answer it. And I yeah. I think there are times where you have to take the money job. Sometimes you just have to. Mm-hmm. Today, yeah. I got to give priority to money because I need to pay rent. But then another day, I'm going to give priority to creative because I need to feed my soul. So it's cool. It's a cool mm. quote. What does it make you think, Grace? Yeah, I, I actually love that he doesn't answer it either because it feels like, there's no judgment, you know, yeah. 
Because yeah. if you if he did answer it, it would be like, oh, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. But it's sort of like it's the question that a lot of artists have to answer for themselves because mm -hmm. you have to give room to acknowledge that there are some people who are just always going to be in it for the money. Yeah, Like they are the most interested in fame or they are the most interested in, um, you know, growing their brand per se. But and, you know, some of us who are more creatively <laughs> aligned might judge that uh, mm -hmm. that point of view. But I don't necessarily think that you should. I think you should just yeah. ask yourself the question Am I driven by financial motives or creative motives? And then mm -hmm. build your quick career accordingly. If you're driven by financial motives, um, I think it's hard to be driven by financial motives in this business because it's sort of like, then it feels like you're kind of searching about like, what do people like? Like, I have to sort of mold myself into what people like. And if you, there are people that are very, very talented up with that, like, Frankly, the Kardashians, since that's their whole thing, <laughs> they know how to figure out what people like and give it to them. And so their businesses uh, grow uh, because that is what they are very good at doing. You know, Kris Jenner is an evil genius in that way. Uh, so I think that you just have to ask yourself. I am sometimes too driven by creativity. And sometimes I feel like that has hurt my pockets sometimes because I turn a lot of things down or I, or I'm always been like, oh no, I have to focus on this one thing because this is the thing I love. So I, I have, uh, I struggle not to have judgment, but I try not to have judgment for people who only have financial goals because that is another way to live life why why should one be uh considered over the other so um yeah i love this because i love this quote and i picked this quote because i feel like it poses a question that it doesn't answer um mm -hmm. and it sort of tapped that i would have judgment towards an artist that was only financially motivated and i was just like why why should you hmm. if that's what they know that they're going into the situation for? Um, and you never know what they're going to do with those finances. It's not necessarily that they're going to buy a bunch of cars or whatever, <laughs> buy a million houses. Maybe yeah. they'll use their financial blessings to bless other people or yeah. they'll um, grow their influence so they can actually help make other artists' dreams come true. So um, I think... Uh, thank you, Nipsey, for it, um, leaving us with this quote, because I think it does just pose a question that all of us need to answer as artists. Well, thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, we'll be here next week. <laughs> and in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at GracieAct. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe and rate us five stars at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And let the water carry you. 
The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. The show's production team includes Marcel Malakibu and associate producer Taylor Polidor. Our executive producer is Erica Krauss and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Derek Ramirez. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM Studio Executives in Charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org. And remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. Yeah, it is.